0: Hey there, Skips and Skipperettes from all across the vast electronic wasteland, known only as Internet Land. And welcome back to Tales from the Jungle Cruise. Uh, we are chatting today with uh, one of my contemporaries back from the aughts, Skipper John Gruber, is with us. John, how you doing? Doing great, how are you Kyle? Good, uh, hey, first of all, good to actually, like the audience won't know this, but we're, we're chatting via Skype and I haven't uh, probably seen you in person or through webcam in probably eight or 10 years.
1: Uh, probably not that long because I saw you at Jungle with Kip. Oh, that's right. It, you came
0: by two a couple of years ago.
1: Right. Yeah, and it was right when I think Galaxy's Edge opened. hmm Yeah. Yeah, that I think been... it was that Father's Father's Day because we came out for Father's Day.
0: Yeah. No, I definitely remember. Now I remember having you by. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I worked with you at Jungle. Uh, what were your? When did you uh, come into Disney, and when did you leave Disney? So I hired in
1: in and, uh, September of 2006, and then my last trip was in July of 2011. Um, yeah, and that was that was it.
0: Yeah. So we had a couple of years after I left in 08, but we knew. Uh, I mean, almost all of the same people from that timeline, and we've kind of co-mingled. So, what uh, when you came into the Disney family, what was your path to it? What was uh, what was the thing that brought you to the job? Uh, so
1: it's kind of a long history. So my grandmother was a, um, cosmetologist and she worked at the Disneyland hotel, uh, and she worked there for about 10 years. And then both my mom and dad worked at the park. Um, and that's where they actually met. They were both working on, uh, America sings.
0: hmm
1: And, uh, so then it's, it's, Disney's been in the, our lives the entire time. So. It was just kind of a, a rite of passage being third generation to work
0: at the park very cool um yeah there's there's been a few other skips that we know who were uh children of disney love as well so uh right yeah heather is the the big one heather nelson is the the one we know the most of story-wise so right because her yeah. folk, her and, folks met when when they were working at pirates Yep, say, so,
1: yeah, well, yeah, my parents with uh, America Sings, and then there's been a few people that I have worked with that uh, one of them do uh, my parents, so uh, Mikey, uh, Mikey Wolcott, his dad and my dad were really good friends,
0: mm-hmm. and I
1: hadn't known that, and one day Mikey came up to me and said, hey, what are you doing on my fridge, because my parents had sent them a Christmas card, and <laughs> his dad put it on the fridge, and
0: he's like, I didn't know your dad knew my dad. <laughs> oh, As they say, it's a small world.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: indeed. Uh, so now, was was Jungle your first uh, hire in? It wasn't my first hired in. I originally hired in, and
1: I wanted Jungle,
0: um, but they gave me Steam
1: Trains instead.
0: Yeah, well, which honestly now, not I mean, not not a, a new hire attraction, or anywhere close to it yeah. now for almost a decade. So. Uh, right yeah it, it's it's a, a cross-train only animal now right and then
1: yeah so I did that from September 2006
0: till December of
1: 2006 and then in December is when I got trained on jungle
0: yep see there just right after the 50th anniversary and uh, now when you you said it was your first choice uh, when what's kind of your you know when you were growing up was was jungle the thing that you remember most about the parks or was it your favorite when you were a kid or Not really so much
1: when I was a kid. uh, Being a kid, I liked um, a lot of the east side, because I loved going on Space Mountain, and I have little fond memories of being on Utopia with my grandma, and, um, you know, riding the Matterhorn, Pirates, Mansion, and then Jungle came later when I was a teen, and then we were annual pass holders, and my brother and I would go on one night I mean, just, I, I just get, just
0: get, yeah, we lost, a uh, lost a little bit of signal there. Oh, it's okay. Uh, so yeah. So, and I, I think jungle, um, I think you probably heard me talk about it before. I think jungle really didn't, uh, have a great, uh, it wasn't great for the kids in the nineties and the, until the early aughts, uh, because that's yeah. sen- the sense of humor wasn't there. It was, a uh, The 80s and 90s were a little different as far as ironic humor. Uh, Right. We we had Pretty Woman. That was ironic. uh, But other than, you know... (laughs) But you didn't have uh, the same... I mean, after The Muppet Show, basically, you know, and I think that was a different style of comedy for the 80s and 90s, so... Exactly. Exactly. And I know that there's always been people that, you know, when they were kids, it was
1: their first ride and last ride that they wanted it to be... But, um, yeah, it wasn't until later on that uh, I grew, the, the appreciation grew. And then especially when I started working there, it just kept growing.
0: Yeah. So what were the perks of being a child of a cast member back in the day? What were the, the big benefits for you? Like, what do you remember? Well, I,
1: never, I never got to be the child of a cast member no, because they had only worked there for a few years. Yeah. And um, I know my mom really wanted it on her um, resume for later on. But, uh, I mean, they both grew up in the Orange County area, um, and I remember a story that my mom had told me was that when she went in for her first interview, they immediately turned her away because her nail polish was too dark.
0: <laughs> and now it's it's uh, almost the Wild West again with uh, what they're allowing. And now it's, well, well
1: we just do phone
0: interviews. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you have a good set of teeth? That was pretty much the only major requirement uh that they have you know are you do you have a a, a good smile so you can smile at our guests
1: right exactly
0: well and i you know and the the strange thing now i this may have gotten interrupted with the, the the changes of the park but apparently they were in discussion to let people in tomorrowland actually have solid color like you know blue or yellow hair i mean they were going to allow the, the Tomorrowland cast members to go a little funky, and I I don't know where that actually got to, but I know that was in discussion for a while. One of the union people was telling me they were trying to fight that pretty hard. Really? That would be—I it's.
1: I mean, it's still strange to see people with beards and goatees.
0: Yeah. I fought it when I came back, because I had a goatee right after I left, and I'd had one the years before I worked at the park. Right, and uh you know, I kind of fought it and uh stayed clean shaven for a little bit on my last time around, but it didn't take long before it uh became a weekend beard and just kind of came and stayed so
1: right exactly, yeah mine's a little mine gets a little too patchy to yeah where it wouldn't it just wouldn't look good, yeah. and then the mustache just completely does not look good at all <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it's uh it's not it's not you don't have, you don't have the face for it,
1: no, no.
0: Uh, you, and like it's like Adam Tyler, I don't know how he pulls it off, but uh he has the same yeah. kind of face as yours, and he somehow was able to make it work but right uh, so right. so coming into steam trains uh now i I've never been trained up there, I actually had always wanted to and and kind of fought for it, and they offered it to me like just a few months before I left, and I didn't want to take someone else's spot who could have it and keep running with it so um uh, the hold a special place in your heart for the time you were there. I remember you in costume a lot up there.
1: Um, It does um, just because it was a first and um, you know, always wanting to work at the park. And then I remember being signed off and they're like, well, do you want to go home? Do you want to continue working? And I wanted to work because I had just moved up to orange County and, you know, had taken taken the pay cut from my construction job and then now working at the park, so i needed to work yeah <laughs> so i became a favorite of frank's uh once uh you know calling in every other day hey you got any shifts for me
0: that was so, uh it, it's nice to know the system because uh that was the same thing when i came back i was uh on the phone i, I think i was pulling 40 hours within a week of being back
1: yeah uh yeah pretty unusual. i had about, i was pretty standard like around 30 and then we were still carrying over that wave from the 50th and then into uh, the year of a million dreams. So it just kept growing. And with the parade shifts and everything else, I mean, it was pretty easy to get a good amount of hours then. Yep. I'm uh, not sure what I right know. now.
0: Now, who did, you, uh, who did you train with at, uh, at Jungle?
1: Um, my trainer was Dean, and my trainee was... Brittany, and I can't for the life remember her last name, but she didn't last too much longer after she got trained at Jungle. Yeah, Dean Simpson, right? Right. Yep. Dean Simpson. It was only uh, Dean and Randy because everyone else had uh, either left or had lost their status.
0: Yep. I uh, I, I photographed Dean's wedding. He's a uh, they're they're great people. Oh yeah, Dean and Catalina. Yeah, they're great. The second baby on the way. So. Oh wow! Congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I I had nothing to do with it, so. uh, Well, yeah, not to you, but congratulate them. So, (laughs) so um, was it? uh, You know, I I think it's a very different thing when you have hired in and you've already learned one attraction. Uh, The training process is so much easier because you kind of know some of the basics already. You know how to interact with guests on stage, and uh, how did you find your training experience to be pretty easy?
1: I found it to be, yeah, really easy um, and really excited taking the book home and looking over the jokes and just thinking, yeah, I, I still had rose-colored glasses on and, oh, wow, they give you a whole book and these are all the jokes. Oh, my goodness. But what about all those ones that I that aren't written in here that I have heard? Uh, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe I learn that later. Maybe this is just the starter kit. Yep. Um, so just being really excited and then... We, the fun the The funny thing is, is that we were the first group that got trained with the new costumes, so I never got to wear the uh, Indiana Jones yep. uh, jungle uh, dual dual costumed attraction, so it was the new ones that are there now still
0: yep the uh the the bush uh, safari kind of ones uh, we we always thought they would look like gardener outfits um... yeah they
1: were they were very strange because there was the two <laughs> breast pockets. And then on the left side was your name tag. But then on the right side, there was a flap for a pocket, but no pocket.
0: Yep. Well, and the, there were a couple of uh, uh, generations of the cuts on those where the pockets were actually down, like, on your stomach. They, right. They, they were horribly missized. And so you had these pockets that should have been, like, where a normal shirt pocket was that was sitting down around your, your stomach, like, four or five inches above your, your belt. Uh, and right. that, that made it particularly awkward. Exactly.
1: But um, no, yeah, it was great. And then when we trained in December, it was bitterly cold every morning, and then super cold at night. Yep. Uh, so that wasn't that part wasn't fun. But everything else, I mean, it was just it felt like taking like a duck to a wat water.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's always relative on the cold side of it. You know, it's California, so you know we're not getting, uh, you know, like Paris gets the snow in the winter. You know, we're we're getting. Exactly. You know, fifty degrees, and we start crying about uh, the temperatures.
1: Exactly, we're spoiled Southern Californians.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, although I, ha- I do have to say, training in the winter is tough because you've got uh, learning how to be a skipper in the rain is an immediate thing. You don't get the the soft easing in of spring and summer and fall. You're going right into uh, uh, running a boat with you know water on the tarps and taking turns and soaking guests and. Going home with wet socks every night.
1: Yes, and the only time people want to sit in the middle.
0: Yeah. Is when it. <laughs> the only time.
1: Yeah, it's. So uh, why can't I? Sit in
0: the middle. <laughs> it's always tough explaining to people that it, yes, it does rain inside Disneyland. We uh, we don't have the dome set up to get rid of that yet.
1: Not yet, and it does rain in Southern California
0: every once in a while. So early on, early on Jungle, any particular memories? Anyone who you worked with who was uh. You know, particularly a big influence, or that you really remember from that time.
1: Um. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I caught the tail end of what seems to be uh, a big fun crew, uh, which is unfortunate. But at the same time, you know, I found my own crew I had to work with, people like Don, um, Don, and uh, Jack. Curlin, uh, yep. and let's see, Jeff Wheeler was still there. Yep. Uh,
0: um, Brian
1: Ellis. Joey and Steve, uh, Brian Ellis. He wasn't there as much. He was, he... Parade route. He was a parade He was leader. working a the parade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he would still pull ships over there every once in a while. Yep. Um, and then the nice thing um, is shortly after, too, I think it was just before the next summer, I had made full-time, so then I started working morning shifts as well. So not only night shifts, but A lot of day shifts too.
0: Yeah, but people
1: like Tiffany and you know, yep, uh, like Mike Libby, Mark Mark Dua. Yep, a lot Um, of good people.
0: Yeah, no that that was uh, that was a solid group of people. Then you had Kip coming in toward the end of that, and Mm -hmm. uh, he's his on and off. I think he's his fifth or sixth time he's been uh, hired and left, and uh, comes back you know just at his own leisure. So.
1: Exactly. He's the only
0: person that I know that
1: can do that. Yeah.
0: Uh, well, I, I mean, I've been back, you know, for my fourth time, so I'm kind of in that club a little bit. Right. I'm sure I could go back if I wanted to. Well, not now, obviously, because they have a little small disruption to the the hiring process. But um, exactly. So. Um, yeah, I don't think
1: I'm going back.
0: Yeah. Not. No. Probably not with everything coming up. So. Um, but that's the nice thing about having the podcast is I still get to, to relive that time. No, Tiffany is, uh, Tiffany Davis is, is still one of my favorite people in the world. We stay in touch. Um, but yeah, there's just that whole era with some of the best people who went on to be managers and, uh, and work in other areas of the park. So yeah, Uh, it was
1: great. And all, all very welcoming, um, very, you know, obviously very, um, Humorous to work around, and just it was just very welcoming, and uh, that was something that I always loved about working Jungle, and then especially working at Disney is um, it never really seemed to find anyone that really wanted to stab you in the back or anything. At least at my time, I know that I know that it goes on and it happens, yeah. but luckily, um,
0: I think I think Jungle is a is a different animal in that regard because I've talked to people, and I, I worked other attractions as well. Uh, I think Jungle. Escapes a little bit of that because we do have that kind of everyone's got each other's back mentality. Uh, it was very much us against everyone else. Uh, you know, right. And it no one be... wants to
1: lose everything that, that the previous generation or, um, summer crew had brought the ride up to.
0: Yeah. Well, you, I mean, you were there, you were back after the guns had come back. And for me, I came in with no guns and air horns and, uh, you know that was about the worst thing we could imagine because that that took so much character out of the attraction.
1: Right. Um,
0: exactly. So having the guns back was a, a major major plus to the way we did things. So yeah, that was a big win. Big win. And it was you know you had the piranhas were still fresh uh, at the time they were still working, uh, not so much right now, but at the time they were piranhas. <laughs> at the time they were working, and the water was green then. Yep. We just had a bubble uh, generator now. It just looks like it's a giant spa. A hot tub Um, out there. uh, Squirt came up a lot higher than he does
1: now. Yep. Um, Yeah, there's definitely been some changes. There's been some uh, big trees that were there um, that are no longer there coming around the C curve. I remember coming back from uh, when we were in Washington for a little bit and coming down and just gasping, why does it look so different? There's a tree missing.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's tough because there's not as much space for the roots to go. So they push back away from the river and that puts all the weight. So the trees will occasionally take a dive. Uh, the bamboo is the bigger issue. I mean, that's, you know, we're constantly fighting bamboo coming down. and Yeah, you know, I remember for
1: for a, a while they would go down at least for a week just to try and chop down. Oh, the horticulture, the, yeah. The, yeah, they would come in and try and blow that down. I remember one summer or spring there was a big storm that just all of a sudden just came through and just bamboo was flying all
0: over the place and it landed on
1: top of the boat so the boat was coming back to unload with all this bamboo on
0: top of it well i i had a smokestack ripped off when a piece of bamboo fell across the top of my boat and it uh, just ripped the smokestack right off the top of the boat Uh, (laughs) so that storm that you're talking about i have a a picture floating around uh from a i think it was a 0.5 megapixel camera on my samsung phone or whatever it was i had back then my nokia phone and it's the entire boat backstage just filled with bamboo and they had yeah they had stacked it up to the top of the boat just they were able to get out there and try to drag some stuff back so right yeah no that was that was rough so real jungle out there so um any any other specific uh whether it be you know we always have the specific, uh, magical memories that, you know, if someone says to you, you know, you're a Jungle Cruise skipper, what's the first story you pull out of your bag to tell people about the time you were there? Or, you know, you know the routine, you've heard the podcast, celebrity stories, what's what's your fun, you know, what's your fun scoop? Man, um, every time I hear a celebrity story,
1: I always think, I'm thinking about, thinking back of um, how many celebrities I had met. Um, I, I, mean, it was, uh, S- Stephen Weber, there was, um, Harrison Ford came through one time and I mean, everyone was just jumping to try to try and get that boat. And I think Joey was the one that ended up taking it. Um, Weird Al. Yep. Uh, there was a day, there was a day that Michael J. Fox was in the park and just so happened that Robert Zumeckis was in the park. And they both met at Jungle, and everyone was, so are they going to do another Back to the Future movie?
0: <laughs> that was, uh, uh, no, Michael J. Fox was, uh, I, I actually interacted with him a couple of times, and he, he had the best sense of humor and character, you know, coming to the park, and uh, he, he didn't have that celebrity attitude. He just always would chat with people. and
1: Right. Yeah, probably, probably because he's
0: Canadian. Yeah, well, you know, they're all so nice, so <laughs> they're pretty nice, eh? Uh, I remember the day that uh that Hef rolled up with the the three girlfriends, the Playboy uh squad came through in like oh six or oh seven. And right. uh yeah, everyone was uh trying to figure out how to handle that scenario.
1: <laughs> I remember them coming to Thunder every once
0: in a while too. Yeah, well he and loved he, Well he loved Disneyland. I mean it, it was that was uh totally one of his things he wanted to do is come down and play at the park every once in a while,
1: right? Right. Well, how could you not? Such a great well, place.
0: Yeah, and you know he was a big <laughs> kid, so
1: exactly. Um, but I mean, there. I mean, there's like so. There's so many people that affected my time there, um, as as much as I hope that I affected their time there in a positive way. I mean, there's there's Kip, and I mean, um, I mean the the big staples, Jerry. Jerry, you know, always being there and teaching and guiding um, and tapping a pencil. I mean, don't tap a pencil like Jerry could. I tried, yeah, but, um,
0: you know, he set a high bar. (laughs) (laughs) There were a lot of skippers who were at the bar often. Uh, So that was, you know, at that bar is what I should say. I I missed that phrase there. (laughs) Yeah, I know, Jerry, uh, I just keep on waiting for the moment where he'll succumb or he won't be, you know, he'll uh, find his way away from the parks and I'll get to sit and chat with him. So I, I I have, uh, I have a couple commitments for people who've been there for a very long time to get some other interviews and stick them in the vault until uh, they've left the the park. So, right. I'll I'll get the, I'll get the Randy Grant story at some point, you know, his 30 some years at the park.
1: Oh, I know. I, I can't imagine the stories that he has, and um, I would love to see a panel, at least, of all the shirts that he's designed Yep. throughout the years.
0: Yeah. Well, he uh, there's a video floating around of him from the early 90s, and his spiel is exactly the same. There, he hasn't had a <laughs> word that's changed in that entire time, but he... Yeah, he's one of the glues that have held the the ride together forever and a day. So,
1: right, exactly. It's going to be a huge loss when uh, when he finally uh, leaves or decides yeah. to leave.
0: Yeah, but you know, uh, it's you know, on the positive side. You know, how many people have had that long of a run? I mean, he's been there for half of the the time the park has been open.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah, my he was my trainer once, so. Oh, well, look at you. Yeah, he was my, my trainer in 06 when I came back.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, I think I remember
1: now. he retrained Kip on one of the times. Yeah. That Kip back in the... You know, I'm sure he was just thinking to himself, well, this is easy money.
0: Well, in so much as Kip <laughs> can be trained.
1: <laughs> he
0: is a wild... That's a hard job to be done, so... Uh, well, and one of the nice things, so, you know, you were chatting about your time tapping the pencil... Uh, you know, we have had a few people who, who've been on the show who have moved up from the ranks of skippers to trainer and lead, uh, you know, you, you fit that role really easily. Uh, you know, what was your time? Cause you were lead, you know, for how, for a good chunk of time.
1: Yeah. I think I made lead in 2008 or 2000. Yeah. I think it was about 2008, probably for like the summer of 2008.
0: Yeah. I want to say right after I left, cause I left, uh, uh, June, maybe May or June of two thousand eight. So I kind of knew that was in the wind. So,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, I remember that time. Um, yeah, I think it was right before summer, and I remember I was just so excited. I mean, trainer was fun, but I wanted to be lead because then I could be at the dock and then see all the craziness rather than hearing about everything going on.
0: Yep. Well, uh, and, and there was a great group because that was around the time Tiffany was was a lead. Uh, you know, that was, um, uh, I think Luis was a lead back around that time. Um, maybe that was a little bit before, but I, I mean, it was definitely a good group of leads at that point. Right. Yeah. Everyone was
1: kind of was pretty much on the same page, it seemed like, which is really nice. You didn't have one person trying to upheave, uh, rules. Yeah. Cause it was, uh, myself, uh, Renzo was lead. Uh, uh, Ryan, Ryan Wilson, lead. Steve, uh, Jerry. Yeah. Um, yeah, a few others too.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I think, I think jungle, yeah, doesn't, totally. jungle doesn't lend itself very well to the leads who want to rewrite the, the book on it. No, it doesn't. It's, it's kind of it got doesn't. its own its own momentum from all of the, uh, the years.
1: Exactly. I remember that was one of the things that Jerry had told me was you can't really control the ride. Yep. all you can try to do is just let 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 the ride take care of itself and then you can take care of the cast
0: well and i've always i've always thought that with disney there's a very clear line between being a manager and managing the ride and and being a leader and really you know the the people who were who were managing it who maybe would have done just as well if they were working at a i don't know blockbuster video or wherever <laughs> Uh, what the blockbuster? <laughs> I had to throw it back to the top, to the air. I was trying to think of a good. But I mean, the kind of person who could manage at an in and out, or who could manage at a target, or whatever, you know. But there was people who who would come in and they would have that mentality of you know, kind of running it, micromanaging it, and not trusting the cast. And then you had people who who could lead and be great role models and and really see how to cultivate talent and how to work with people who were having a hard time and really saw that more as a calling than a job.
1: Right, exactly. And I always just wanted my cast to have fun. Because if they were having fun, then they're, you know, they felt better about themselves, their personality came out a little bit more, and then the guests had more fun. Yep. So, I always just tried to accommodate as best as I could just to get the best out of my cast because then I knew that they would want to, you know, come to Jungle because it's so easy to get burnt out doing seven-and-a-half-minute trips in the summer. Yep.
0: And then it felt like seven-and-a-half days a week, too. I mean, it was uh, – <laughs> summer Summer felt like we were never there. See, and that was the great thing about being a skipper is uh, when we were skippers, we never really knew what day it was or how many hours we'd work. And that was perfect training for the quarantine. Exactly. Uh, Time has say. no time has no meaning and we don't know what day it is. We're not sure what day we shaved or showered. Um so right. it's, it's it just exactly, feels like the like thirty-fifth of February all the time. Yeah. Smarch. Lousy smarch weather. <laughs> uh I will throw Simpsons references into anything if I can. So Right? How could you not? Oh yeah. Well, and that was uh uh a, a big influence for so many people at jungle i mean it's you know simpsons simpsons jokes tended to just slide in every once in a while so right
1: exactly well i mean they do have such brilliant writers so yeah. it's a show that just keeps moving
0: yeah and it's, been, and, it it's been, and it's been good lately uh, oh really last couple of seasons have been have there's always the duds but there's been some really fantastically good episodes right
1: yeah, see. With my generation coming through, it was a lot more family it seemed like a lot more family guy. guy than
0: Yeah. And uh no, I know Seth came through uh probably around the 50th. Uh, it was after because it was after the Family Guy went off the air for the first time. Uh he had come through Jungle, so Oh, wow. but it's it's very much his kind of humor, so. Hmm.
1: Funny funny you mentioned the 50th too because uh my my family and I um my grandparents' house was up in La Habra, and we were staying at their house. And I looked over at my brother and I said, "Hey, we have passes. Let's go to Disneyland tomorrow. I mean, we're right here. Let's go." Little did we remember or forget that the next day was uh, the fiftieth. So, so we got to go in July. On the 50th. July sixteenth. Yes, July sixteenth. <laughs> um, so July sixteenth, we said, "Let's go." Um, So we got to go the next day and wondering, wow, it is so crowded. Why is it so crowded? Just (laughs) totally being naive. Wow, they're giving out ears? What's going on here? Oh, it's the 50th. Yeah. So we got to, we were right next to probably about where the corn dog cart is when uh, Bob Iger came out with Arnold and, um, you know, rededicated.
0: Yep, the governor. So So that would have been the 17th. 17th was the 50th anniversary, so. I thought right. you were. I thought you were saying with the day before. Oh no! Okay. Well, the day before we decided let's go yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I was that way. We made the mistake. My wife, my first wife, uh, made the mistake of coming on uh, December thirty first, nineteen ninety nine, oh. and so we we were there for the rollover night. And uh, yeah, that was probably equally as bad for of a choice.
1: Right. Yeah, I had done a New Year's Eve as a guest as well. Yeah. Um, I think that would have been two thousand. Two, yep roll it, rolling over into 2002 and i just remember being so tired
0: yeah see and that's i loved uh i got lucky and out of the f- five years ish on that first run i ended up working the uh, new year's eve at the tiki room three or four years of it oh and, perfect and tiki room new year's eve is the best because you're not in the middle of it You've got that escape pathway through the oasis. You can get out and get backstage and not have to fight anything. And uh, I had a, a marriage proposal under the birds at midnight, uh, 2004. So yeah, it's uh, it was a great place to work for New Year's.
1: Yeah, well, Tiki was great to work anyway.
0: Yeah, it's uh, uh I it's still one of those where. Uh, you know, I would talk to to cast members on this last time around, and they're like, you know, you've been working the tiki room since you know for the last sixteen years, or not the whole time, but uh, don't you ever get tired of the the, the song and sitting in there? Nope. Uh, <laughs> <That> no <nope>. song. <laughs> yeah, I there is never a point where I got tired of uh, uh of the of that show at all. All right, and tiki
1: room chefs were hard to come by um, during my time there because that was where they had sent um, all the cast members that were broken. So it was the Enchanted Infirmary.
0: Yeah, or the Enchanted uh, Maternity Ward. Yeah, that too. (laughs) Yeah, or or the Enchanted Retirement Room. Uh, There were definitely a few of the old-timers who wound up over there. Let me just wait
1: out my time here.
0: Yeah, Uh, Yeah, that was
1: the other thing about being such good friends with Frank, is whenever a... uh, Um, whenever someone would call out sick, that was in opening later on when we had moved slightly closer, I mean, I was living a mile down, a mile down the road from the park is he knew that he could call me, Hey, I need you to come and cover Tiki or jungle or anything like that. So there were a few times where I got to have an awesome
0: Tiki shift. Yeah, there were more times than I could count in the last two years where I got a phone call, uh, with maybe 45 minutes to an hour of leeway. And I'm like, I'm, I'm in Pasadena. (laughs) <laughs> this is a bit tight of a squeeze for me to get down there and be there on time but uh it, it yeah, happens. Well when when they know, you know, when train or the uh, schedulers know they can count on you, you get called a lot because there is some uh flakiness that happens with cast members.
1: Yes, there is. And um my la- I think it was about my last year last year and a half I got to be a scheduler. So I got to run the whole gambit it seems like.
0: Yeah. I out so, what was the uh, what was the most challenging thing for you being on the leadership side? Um,
1: man, I'm trying to think of something that would have been. I mean, you know, having people that had maybe a bad attitude, just coming into work, just you know, tired of being at Disney because um, they know. It's not for everyone. And after a while, you do get burnt out. Um, so it was hard to try and motivate those people or yeah. um, coming, uh, I guess, coming in with, you know, that what? was clearly having a bad day. And you were the fifth person in line on that bad day. So it just kind of all fell on you. Yeah. But um, I always just tried to make the best of it.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh... You know, it, it's not a career for everyone. For some people, it's just a summer job. And uh, right. there's always people who are going to have more emotional investment than others. So, Exactly. And I didn't
1: know what exactly my path would be. So I was just trying to, you know, cover all my bases. And, um, you know, if, if it led to a career, great. If it didn't, that's okay.
0: Yeah. Well, it was a good, good long chunk of time. So, Yeah, it was a really good long chunk. Yeah. I really
1: want to go back, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's always the, uh, trust me, I, I've made a, a habit of dropping back in every once in a while. So I, I know how, it, how it, the temptation, the siren song of it is. So, But you're yeah, young, you've you got, got plenty of time to, to, to find you know excuses to get back.
1: Exactly. That's uh, po- post my current career right now of uh, being in the Navy. So hopefully yeah. after being in the Navy for a while. Yeah. Um. I have that retirement check coming in and live a little easier, paycheck to paycheck at Disney.
0: Yeah. So uh, without getting, I mean, too deep into it, but do you find uh, when other people find out that you worked at Disneyland or that you were a skipper, is there uh, any kind of recognition of that? Do are people uh, want to talk about it? i uh,
1: There's always at least a few wherever I've been. Um, a lot of it is. Typical, um, you know, like Southern California folks. Oh, really? Do you know Steve? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, maybe. (laughs) Um, So then there's a few people there. Um, Other uh, people from other parts of the country where there isn't a theme park close to them or Disney close to them. They just kind of look and go,
0: oh, okay. Yep. That's nice. Well, and I think the the cult of Disney definitely uh, has been a more recent thing.
1: Right, and it's a big cold. Yep. <laughs> um, but then uh, um, it's always funny getting, oh, well, did you drive the boat? Did you tell the jokes?
0: Yeah, that, that's always the question. People are like, I, and I love the, the subtext of that is, were you were you good enough to drive the boat, but also were you good enough that they let you tell the jokes?
1: Were you funny enough?
0: Yeah, because, yeah, it's like there's an assumption that, oh, wait, I know you. You're not funny enough to do that,
1: <laughs> right? Exactly, and uh, that's always that's always something too. Because I'm a, you know, I'm a little, I get to be kind of shy until I really start to get to know people. So it's always interesting um, going to a new place and seeing how quiet I can be. But then once I get to know you, then yeah. you know I get to be the uh, can't shut up type of person. Yeah.
0: So uh, are there things that uh, working at, whether it be Disney or Jungle specifically, that you feel like you carried with you into your your time of service?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I'm probably one of the very few people that smile all the time. And people just look at you like, what are you smiling about? But, you know, it's, it's infectious. But I just try to be, you know, there's so many of the keys, the four keys, you know, of being courteous and everything that really just kind of go a long way just being polite and helping out someone whenever you can Um, it's amazing how far it goes to a person that is rude and you know just kind of belittles you
0: well and you know it's and i feel like we with between social distancing and everyone wearing masks now Uh, where it becomes really easy for people to uh, anonymously drop a little anger or make a little smart-ass comment or let their stress level out and I feel like those of us who have worked at a theme park or in any kind of service job that's that uh, intensive have a little bit of a a thicker skin about that and a little bit of of, uh, instantly trying to make a situation better because we've been on both sides of it. Right, exactly.
1: Exactly, and I remember thinking just the other day, walking down the hall, and there was someone that went by that you know just kind of waved, and I thought to myself, "Oh, he can't tell that I'm smiling because I have this mask on." Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's gonna it's gonna change, uh, you know, some of our social norms and, and how we you know respond back and forth with each other.
1: Right. I can't ima- I, I can't even begin to imagine oh. how everything. Really- how so many things are going
0: to change. Yeah. And people who are hearing impaired who read lips. I mean, there's, <laughs> there, there's some real challenges to it.
1: They are so screwed. Yeah.
0: It, it's funny. I just got a, I know you know this. I'm sure most people who are listening do. We have the skipper store where we have some of the t-shirts and stuff that skippers have designed. Uh, um. I got, I got an email from them today saying, uh, well, get your artwork prepared. We're going to have custom printed masks available in a week.
1: Oh, man. I've seen that with some other companies as well. And yeah. Sport league, you
0: know, so sport now, I'm, now I'm trying to figure out how to tastefully, uh, you know, have something that shows off people skipping them without, uh, you know, going over to the dark side. But uh, I'll, I'll at least have a good, you know, once a skipper, always a skipper mask. Uh, I'm sure uh, we'll get a hippo face or something. I'll figure some good stuff out for it.
1: I'm surprised I haven't seen a black mask which is white lettering that says censored.
0: Oh, that's good. I've seen one that says essential across it. I thought that was pretty funny. (laughs) Someone, someone got really quick with their uh, trips to Joanne's fabric and made that for themselves. Right. Oh, that's hilarious. But aren't we all at some level essential? That's really what I think. To somebody I am. Yep. So, you know, I know we talked about, uh, you know, the, the, the call of Disney and the call of going back. Um, yeah, it's, it is, it uh, is with everything that's going on right now, that thought of just going in in the morning and sliding your ID and uh, putting on a costume and going and getting onto a boat is, is about the happiest thing in the world for uh, the stuff that we're dealing with. Right. Uh, w- would go back in a heartbeat.
1: Right. And I'm so glad we got to go... Earlier this year, uh, my wife Carrie and I we celebrated our tenure wedding anniversary. Um, so we got to go the day after our anniversary um, because that was a Saturday. It just worked out better for us. Yep. But um, I'm glad at least
0: we got to go this year one time. Um, now, did you get a ride? Did you get to ride Rise of the Resistance?
1: No. Uh, it, wasn't.
0: It, it. But was, that's okay. It, I I went and here's the so I went and I did a whole video of it. Not of the mm-hmm. ride, but uh, because I knew that we were leaving soon. Now, originally, I thought we were uh, going to be leaving Southern California sometime, uh, you know, March or April, whatever it was. And so I went and uh, videoed my last trip to Disneyland because in all reality, it probably was going to be my last time visiting as a guest for a long time. And I got to ride Rise, right. which was absolutely amazing. Uh, I think everyone should, re- should ride it at some point. Boarding groups are available for September. Uh, it'd be a little while, but, uh, no, it was a, an astoundingly uh, amazing ride, but, uh, it's kind of strange looking back now at, at how, uh, prescient my comment was about it being my last trip for a very long time. It's, uh, uh, I, I probably would have gone once or twice more if this hadn't happened. So,
1: right. I know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. We were lucky that we got to go, um, when we did, because I mean, now they're, you know, Yep. There's no chance. So we won't be able to go until next year anyway. So yeah,
0: now I, you know, it's the strange thing is I can do math. I know that's not one of the things that's on my resume. Uh, but if 2019 was or 2020 was a 10 year anniversary, that'd be 2010 for you and Carrie. Right. So that would have Correct. been while you were working at Disneyland. Now, did you meet her uh, if, from working at Disney or was it an outside thing?
1: no it was an outside thing um because we both grew up in the temecula area well she had moved there uh, in to wildemar um, during um, right before high school so uh, but i had grown up in temecula my entire life until moving um, to orange county to work at disney so we had known each other beforehand and um, one of our first dates was at uh, disney um, as well as the uh, pizza place in fullerton where my parents had one of their first dates we had one of our first dates there and we eventually got, actually got married there
0: at uh, angelo and vinci's yep that's hey. the place wow that is that is a good guess on my part so
1: <laughs> there's only so many pizza places where you could probably get married
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's definitely got enough space to it so yeah i used to to manage that barnes and noble over there on malvern over at uh amridge heights Okay, so yeah. yeah, so I know that area quite well, so
1: yeah, yeah, we always go to Angeles whenever we have the opportunity now, uh, which is kind of few and far in between being in San Diego, yep. it's just a
0: little bit of a drive, all right, well, it seems like we're coming to a pretty good chunk of time now. you did uh have a story that you sent me uh by email that you'd recorded, but you had said it you felt a little bit stiff and said, do you want to tell that story as kind of our good last uh wrap up here sure i'm sure
1: uh let's see the uh, i'm sure the skipper who had uh gotten me would like to hear it as well so it was a downtime in the summer i want to say it was probably like the summer of um oh seven um we kept going down for sensors some some sort of sensor was out of whack So we started cycling the boats because brakes needed to get through. Rotations were getting stale. People sitting in the boats were, you know, a little tired of sitting in the boat. So Jerry had a cycling to, you know, test the sensors and everything. So I was following Jack, Skipper Jack, and um, he had hit the first sensor for the gorilla camp and then stopped at the camp. And I was right behind him coming up and I'm like, why is he stopping? We're supposed to keep going. So then he floors it. I hit the gas and go forward. He trips the second sensor, and I had totally forgot about it. And the second explosion went boom right off in front of my boat. And it was just a wall of water that I drove through, and I was soaked head to toe. Uh, (laughs) And as soon as I came out of the water, I immediately looked at him, and he was looking back, and he was keeled over just laughing so hard. And I was just like, what did you do? <laughs> he, uh, he,
0: he does have a bit of a practical joker streak to him. Oh, he does. And he, um,
1: was also retired Navy as well. So now we sit share a skipper kinship and a shipmate, uh, kinship now.
0: Yeah, Well, and you know, I've, I've said a number of times and it's, it's obviously not exactly the same thing, but some of the camaraderie that skippers have, uh, is cause we have a shared experience that we've gone through that, uh, you know, is definitely uh, maybe a a lower magnitude of a military kind of a feel, but it's definitely that level of kinship uh, of going through a shared uh, thing that we all know what it feels like to be stuck in a boat for too long or have a sensor tripped on us or whatever else it may be, so. Yeah, definitely. I would say
1: with Disney, it's probably a little bit more because people are are a little more excited and um, there's a little more wanting to be, um, a part of that Disney family and Disney experience.
0: Yeah. Well, and how many people, I mean, uh, you know, if I had not had the, the Disney side of things, how many people would I have known from 2001, 2002, that I'd still be in almost daily contact with? Yeah, exactly. So it de- exactly. definitely is a family. So. We well, are. I know that I have pestered you for the better part of eight or nine years to try to see when I could get you to do this. <laughs> Uh, since you left in like 2011, when I started the podcast, I w- had started to badger you to get you on here. Cause I had such a great time working with you. Right. So I'm just glad to be a part of it now. Yep. Well, now it's in the record books for posterity and we get to, uh, have another great story of the time on the river. Exactly. A- anything else you want to throw out there?
1: Um, maybe for next time.
0: Yep. Well, I mean, you could be, uh. I have a skipper named Mike Robles who has been on the show three times in eleven year or nine years, so i right. I'm, not, I'm not shy of people coming back on and uh, wrapping up the memories, but uh, Skipper John Gruber, I am thrilled uh, to a be your friend and B have you on the show after all these years. I hope things stay safe and healthy and good for you and the family and uh, Kungaloosh, everyone.